it eliminates a lot of potential business, but at the same time, they really appreciate that I feel that way that I'm not just trying to sell this anywhere. Uh, I mean, of course, I would love to make a lot of money, right? But not at the expense of anyone getting sick or any customer, you know, having to make the decision, do I want to take a chance today and eat a piece of cake that, you know, I might get sick though. Like we shouldn't have to make those types of decisions. So I'm only looking to partner with places that have dedicated kitchens and um, facilities. And those will be the people that I work with. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 162 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. If you or anyone close to you suffers from food allergies, you've probably inspected ingredient lists and food labels to make sure it's safe for you to eat. Because of her allergies to milk and wheat, today's guest Nubian Simmons decided to learn how to make her own dessert mixes from scratch. The only catch is her mixes don't have well-known food allergens like eggs, milk, wheat. Imagine making a brownie mix without those ingredients. Well, five years, lots of trial and error, and $100,000 later, she was able to develop a line of products that ensures anyone can indulge in dessert. In this episode, Nubian walks us through her process from idea to securing her own manufacturing plant. Before we hear the rest of Nubian's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our show so amazing stories like Nubian's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with the CEO of The Pink Bakery, Nubian Simmons. Nubian Simmons, welcome to She's Off-Script. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Sewa. So for anyone who hasn't come across you yet, could you share who you are and what you do? Yes. So uh, my name is Nubian Simmons. I'm the owner of The Pink Bakery. We make premium top allergen-free baking mixes for people who have food allergies. Everything we use is all organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, and fair trade. Everything's naturally vegan, and we make it all in our own dedicated top allergen-free facility. I started my company because I have food allergies to milk and wheat. And so I'm just so thankful that now um, what was such a, a hardship for me, I'm now able to help other people because I've come up with a solution. So, Oh, I love that. I know I've heard you say before that ours is not the face of allergy conversations. Um, most people probably people of color probably don't think to get their kids tested unless there's something deadly going on. Um, And so I appreciate that you are bringing our community into this conversation about allergy-free foods and you're showing that there is an alternative for us. Absolutely. And that's something that I talk about um, very candidly on, on several platforms, like whenever someone, you know, interviews me is that we are not the face of food allergies. Um, and we need to help change that because mm-hmm. we get reactions just as much as any, anybody else, but we're never highlighted. You know, we're, we're never talked about. And, um, and that's something that, that needs to change. Mm-hmm. So looking at your background, you've studied engineering, you've done biology, chemistry, you even went down the path of being a teacher at one point. 
How did you make the leap then into baking and selling packaged goods? Yeah. Um, so I, I truly believe in trusting the path, right? Um, when I was in school, I went to Tennessee State University. When I was enrolled, I had been, you know, prior to that, I had been in engineering programs like my whole life um, at Marquette and at University of um, Wisconsin-Milwaukee here in Milwaukee. And so I thought that's what I was going to do, you know, because I had I had done it. But I think mm -hmm. I was so burnt out from it that it was like, I want to explore something else. And, you know, in college, you're trying to find yourself anyway. So I was really trying to see, you know, like what where I fit. Everybody else knew what they wanted to do. And I felt so conflicted. Um, and I had some anxiety around that, you know, because, again, it's like they're all going to graduate in four years. I'm on the five year path, you know, <laughs> you mm. know, and, and it was like, am I going to how am I going to get my life together? And so I did. I explored engineering chemistry, biology, and then ended with a degree in teaching and with a concentration in science and math, and then got my MBA in supply chain management. And I'll tell you, I use all of that in this business. And I'm so thankful that I went down all those paths again, not knowing where it was going. Right. And my mm -hmm. mother, you may have heard me say this. She was telling me like, you got to get your life together. Like you have to figure it out, you know? Right. Um, but I'm, again, I'm so glad that I was able to explore those areas because, again, I use all of them in the pink bakery. Um, you asked, how did I get here? <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll say this. I believe that we are all put here for a purpose. You can try to run from it because I did. I tried yeah. to run. I did not want to do it because I didn't understand how I was given that assignment. I was not a baker. Um and again, I have allergies, so how can I bake, you know, without these foods? Like, who mm -hmm. even thought of that, right? Like, mm -hmm. is that even like a thing that you can have allergen-free, not just gluten-free, not just dairy-free, because I'm allergic to milk and wheat, right? But completely allergen-free. I had never heard of that before. And so to be given that task, um, I, I started looking around at, like, were there natural culinary schools? Like, could someone teach me? Because, again, I'm getting this message and he's not stopping the message. Mm -hmm. It's like it's there's more and more pressure that's coming to me to do it. And I didn't know how. And so I finally just, like, was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Again, where do I start? You know, mm -hmm. like, you want me to do this? Show me how to get to this path, you know, get to the path you want me to be on. And he put me on the path. Again, like you said, it took me five years to not only learn how to bake without eggs, without milk, without wheat. Yeah, I think milk was probably easier than eggs and wheat. You know, like eggs, eggs was tough. <laughs> Ooh, eggs was tough. But um, I, I, I did finally figure it out. And, and, I, and I understand now why he did give it to me, because I am that perfectionist. I do have that science and engineering mind. And to mm -hmm. me, I looked at these baked goods as equations. You know what I mean? Like, how mm -hmm. do I break this down? How do I build this back up? Right. Um, and again, do it in a way where it's beautiful. Like, I didn't right. want to be subjected to having to eat for the rest of my life things that had poor color. Um, they were not appealing. The taste, mm -hmm. like visually, they weren't appealing. And then the taste was awful. Like, I didn't feel like I enjoyed my food when that when those items were given 
to me. And I wanted a different experience. I wanted mm-hmm. to enjoy my food. You know, when food's good, you dance, you know? Exactly. You I hum while you that. eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted that. And so I worked so hard on my mixes because it was something for me. I didn't mm-hmm. have any intention on having a food business. You know, um, I didn't know that's where this was going until we started to let other people taste test because I wanted to make sure it was good, not only for me and someone who had an allergy, but I wanted to make sure people who didn't have allergies enjoyed it, too. So my siblings and my mom, who do not have the same allergies that I have, were my taste testers and they were brutal. And I'm thankful that they were (laughs) because. They made sure that it was newbie approved because they know how I am. So they would mm-hmm. say, nope, that's not it. Keep going, you know, keep going. So I'm thankful to them forever for that. But um, yeah, so again, we, we finally got it to a point where they were beautiful. They tasted amazing. First of all, they're safe, right? That's number mm-hmm. one. But then they're beautiful. They taste amazing and they're easy to make. The other thing that I saw in the marketplace was people would say that they were free of the, the allergens, but then you have to add allergens to make it. And that didn't Which make makes sense no to me. sense. Or there's like the fine print process in the facility that may use nuts, da, da, da. And I'm just like, well, what was the point then? <laughs> exactly. You did all that work for, you know, yeah, exactly. I agree. And so that's why for us, you know, I respond very negatively to cross-contamination. So at my manufacturing facility, none of these allergens exist. Um, and we, even though it's the harder route and it's the more expensive route to co- mm. to go this way, I feel so, so much peace knowing that whoever buys from us is safe. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't have to worry about lines that have been cross-contaminated. Like that, that wasn't anything I was interested in, you know? Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful that we're, we are where we are today. Yeah. And to take you back a little bit, as you are doing all the testing, what were you doing for income? Was that your sole focus just testing for five years or did you, were you teaching? How were you generating income to buy all the raw stuff to test with. Right. So prior to becoming um, a baker, I was a graphic designer. Mm. And so I had money saved up that I used to, you know, buy all these ingredients. Because again, this is all organic, right? You know, organic is is not inexpensive, right? Mm. It is very, very expensive. And so, um, Yeah, I used the money that I had saved up for my graphic design jobs. But when that money ran out, because it ran out, Mm. um, I begged my my mom and, you know, my family and they, you know, very graciously supported what I did. If I had to do any type of graphic design jobs, I would do them, you know, just to to go ahead and make sure that I'd be able to pay for what I needed to pay for. But um, it was a lot of begging going on. I mean, you do what you have to do to begin with, but once you had perfected the actual recipe, what was your next step? So actually, what I did first actually wasn't even to perfect the recipes. It was secure the name Um, Mm. because I know that I want to sell it, right? Like I knew that. And so I I was looking at, this is not my first time in entrepreneurship, right? This is my second... I think second or third time in entrepreneurship. And but for context, this business started in 2014. Is that yes, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. This was started in 2014. That's when I incorporated it. Yes. Okay. Um, because I had been playing around with flowers since 2012, but got really, really serious in 2013. Um, my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer that same year. 
And I was the one in our family that had the availability to help take care of her. So I stopped my graphic design business and I had wrote on my vision board. I remember before she got diagnosed, I wrote on my vision board that I'm going to dedicate all this time to the Pink Bakery because I had come, I had come up with the name already. Um, and the way I got the name was because I was a graphic designer, I understood color theory and pink means love. And so I was... I wanted my my company name to to be able to express love. But I didn't want to call it the Love Bakery. Like I thought that was kind of cheesy, you know. Mm. <laughs> Even though that's how I felt because I I knew I was going to put so much love and care into what I was giving my customer. But I just didn't want to call it that. I, I felt like there was something that could be more marketable. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, Again, in color theory, pink means love. And so I looked up the URL to see if it was available and it was. And I said, let me get that, you know. Yep. So so once that was secure, then I moved into um, making sure that our foundation was set so that we owned our trademarks, that so like federally owned our trademarks, that um, we got with our lawyer to make sure that our S Corp and, you know, all those documents were in place. Because um, I feel like until you have your foundation, you can't build. Right. Mm-hmm. But once that's solid, you can I mean, the sky is the limit. Right. Because you're you're solid on the on the bottom. So. Um, and so, again, so this was all actually happening sim- simultaneously. I can't say that I was not baking at the same time, but, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure the business parts were were together because now we see, you know, this was 20, 2013. People weren't really buying URLs like like that, like that yet. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it now how it is today, people will, will just buy a URL and park it and make you pay for it because you know what I mean? So that, yeah, like it it really wasn't like that, like that back then. But again, I knew if, if, if something was available, I needed to go ahead and get it, you know? Mm. Um, so, so yeah. So then I, we, you know, I finally finalized all the mixes. We went through all the shelf life testing. Um, and, the next step was really, um, I had been asked Sorry. to come. I don't want to oh. gloss over that because oh. in order to create something that's edible and safe, I feel like there are multiple steps you have to go through. So you mentioned shelf life testing was one of them, but even before that, in order to be able to certify to people that this is in fact safe, how did you find the facility that you're using in order to, first of all, create it? What does shelf life testing look like? Maybe you can walk (laughs) us through that process of the product itself. Um, So before I went to market, I was baking at my house. So this was Mm. before anybody, you know, I had brought it out to anybody because I Mm. needed to make sure that it worked. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was baking in my own home. Um, But when I I was asked to go to Memphis um, to work with St. Jude, we had a dedicated space. So what what a dedicated space looks like is um, a place where there wasn't any food prior to. So like, it's not, it's like a second, second generation type of restaurant we wouldn't be able to be in. Um, a community kitchen we wouldn't be able to be in. Mm-hmm. We need to be in something primarily like office space where again, their food production did not happen because mm-hmm. the proteins could still be in on the walls, on the ceiling fans, on the light fixtures, like things that most people may not think about I'm thinking about because I understand how, especially if you look at like flower, like just plumes, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that Mm -hmm. goes somewhere, you know, it Mm -hmm. disappears. We see it's gone, you know, to the eye, but it goes somewhere else. And so it's sitting on, you know, the lamps and, 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 and things of that nature. So anyway, 
Um, you have to deep clean, you know, first of all, to make sure and sterilize everything to make sure that, you know, again, the, the space is clean. Um, and then you you have the state come in and check you out and certify you and make sure that, you know, the the soap even that you're using, that you have the documentation on that and um, you understand about bleach. And I mean, like there there are so many different facets to something like that. With the shelf life testing, you say, what does that what does that look like? It looks like sending it off to a lab, three samples of each, you know, and they they tested for water activity. Um, they tested for um, the oxygen transfer rate. Um, so they're, they're, they're checking all of these things to make sure that whatever type of packaging you're going to put that product in mm. will be able to sustain the product while it sits in that package. Um, I learned a lot about packaging with our shelf life because I was testing my actual baked goods and the mixes. So I got both tests done on, you know, on all of them. Um, and it was fascinating to see, you know, the difference with a baked good product versus a mix where our mixes are good for nine months and really indefinitely, but for nine months, as long as there's no water activity and not a lot of sunlight, because again, the mm -hmm. sun generates, you know, the heat, which then generates the moisture. So um, versus our baked goods where they're good for like seven to 10 days, right? Mm -hmm. um, and even getting like mold inhibitor testing done, you know, like to make sure that, um, you know, based on a certain amount of time, how much it will mold grow or what mm -hmm. other bacteria may, you know, form on your product. And so, you know, it's that again, me having that science background mm -hmm. like I loved that part you know what I mean but like my finance background has started populating a spreadsheet <laughs> how much did this all cost you and were you financing it all with your graphic design work again graphic design and family graphic wow. design work and family um but then and if when you don't we mind sharing how much did it take you to get to the point where you were ready and approved to offer products to consumers a hundred thousand dollars and over what span? Easily, of time. easily. That was that was all the testing. Mm. The testing of the ingredients for five years was mm -hmm. oh, was a hundred thousand dollars. Again, because it's organic. And then here's the thing about baking that I don't think a lot of people understand. If you're not a baker, baking is unforgiving. So if I put a recipe together, and let's say I add too much baking powder, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe I was supposed to put. Um, three fourths of a teaspoon, but I put a teaspoon. I have to rebake the entire thing. So Ooh. I have to add all the sugar, the same amount of sugar that I just used, the same amount of cocoa I just used, the same amount of everything I just used mm. for that one eighth of an inch or, or not inch um, of a teaspoon, ounce, or, one eighth mm. of an ounce or one fourth of an ounce of the baking powder that I just put in that. So you, and you have to, you have to do it that way because when you're dealing with natural products, you know, we're not using um, yeast or anything in our leaveners. We don't have eggs, mm -hmm. right? So we mm -hmm. had to figure out how to use um, the leaveners that were safe for everybody. Well, you have to inch that art, you know, it's like a trial and error each time, mm -hmm. but you're using so much product every single time. And and maybe you didn't like the texture on that one. So maybe you need to adjust a little bit more here or adjust a little bit more there. I felt like I was like customizing something. Mm -hmm. And it was it was an awesome experience to be able to learn that way because now I can look at people's products, even like in the supermarket and say, oh, they had too much sugar in that. You know what I mean? Or, mm -hmm. ooh, that's, that's over-leavened. You know, I can I can see it based on, you know, me going through the experience. 
Okay. So now you're a hundred thousand dollars in, you're over six years in, you're ready to offer your product to the public. What does distribution look like? So at that point, again, um, we started in the farmer's market and, um, it was awesome because we got to touch our customer, you know, and talk to them and listen mm-hmm. to what they wanted. Initially, I wasn't even going to bake. I started with just the mixes and people were like, because we're a premium brand, um, they were like, okay, I need to know what this tastes like for this price that you're asking, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> now, what is the price? So people have the context because we've heard what goes into it, but what is the price? So we have three mixes that are, we have a total of five mixes. Three mm-hmm. of our mixes are $18. That's our brownie mix, which gives you about 15 brownies. We have our sugar cookie mix, which gives you 30 to 60 cookies. We have our flour mix, which gives you seven cups of flour. And then we have two cakes. So we have a chocolate cake and a white cake. And with the chocolate cake and the white cake, you have frostings that come with it. So it's a it's a pair, right? It's a bundle. Nice. And sprinkles also come along with it. So and the frosting is made from scratch as well. Mm. So again, imagine an allergen-free frosting as made without any additives yeah. you know what i mean like it you have these to pay things a premium are god's, for that. they're god's recipes that's what i tell people because again for me not to be a baker and for me not to have any culinary experience to be able to have created what we have is just mm-hmm. incredible mm-hmm. it's incredible it is so back to distribution people wanted to taste these yes people wanted to taste it so um sorry People wanted to taste it. So I, who was never a baker, decided to start baking. What what I did was, like, the way that I rationalized it to myself was, let's pretend that each cake order that we get is um, uh, a graphic design piece that you're making, right? So mm. if you look at any of the things that we, that we designed or that we made, if you go down, like, our Instagram page, like, further down, you'll see it's their art, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. We use mm-hmm. only plant-based colorings because that's another thing for me. I refuse to use artificial colors because I know what those things do to the body. Mm-hmm. And so everything's plant-based. So we, again, we started in the farmer's market. Um, we were in like five markets selling out and it got to the point for me where I couldn't do it anymore as far as being in the markets and doing custom orders. Cause we started to get a lot of custom orders. Mm-hmm. So I shifted to just the custom order uh, model and we were doing really well with that. Um, and then COVID hit. And mm-hmm. honestly, I'll say this prior, before I tell you about COVID, we have been looking for our own place. Like, because I was in this small place, I had, um, it was so small, I couldn't even hire anybody. And I was baking on one rack because the oven wasn't, the temperature wasn't consistent on both racks. <laughs> so it was one rack, right? And, um, but again, you know, it's like, okay, this is just what I got to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So we wanted to, we wanted to build our own place. So I had some land that I had under contract for seven months and there were some title issues. So I was working with the people, you know, I was at court with them, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm down for the cause because I understand what I can build on this, on this land. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we get the title clear and then it's, it's like time for the environmental test to get done. Cause if you buy it before you buy any land, okay, anybody Mm -hmm. (laughs) make sure you get the environmental test done first because Mm -hmm. the report's done first, because it lets you know what was on that land, even like back a hundred years, which was fascinating to see that, that documentation as well. But the thing about my land was a hundred years ago, we found this out. There was a dry cleaner 
And because it was a dry cleaner, mm-hmm. the toxins in, were still Chemicals. sitting in the land. So yeah. the land came back toxic and we were not able to move forward with the purchase. Mm-hmm. And I said to my, my brother and my sister before that happened, before we got the results back, I said, if this doesn't work, I don't think I'm supposed to stay in Memphis for this leg of the journey. I think, you know, you have to, in my opinion, you have to start paying attention to signs. I'm a big science mm-hmm. person. And it just was not working out there from that respect. I still had my customers who supported us, but mm-hmm. I needed to get I needed to get bigger because it was just me baking and I was yeah. burning out and I could feel it. And I knew again if we could get a space, I could hire people, you know, we could we could move forward a lot faster. Like I said, COVID hits like a week later. So I'm devastated from the loss of the land. Then I'm devastated because of COVID. Mm. And it's like, what is going on? You know, how do we stay in business? Because now, you know, they had all those um, restrictions where you couldn't even like be around each other and, you know, Mm. all that. They were shutting the city down. And so I had, again, luckily had some mixes that I had tested before. You know, we had our mixes. And I said, what if I shift everything to mixes. I didn't have my white cake tested at that time or my cookie. No, 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 no. My white cake or my flour or Mm -hmm. my frostings. So I had to hurry up and send myself off, design the packaging for it. Mm. um, And then introduce all the mixes that we have and the frostings for the first time. Right. And um, I wasn't sure how people were going to receive it because they were so used to me baking for them. Right. And now I'm asking you to bake for yourself. Even mm-hmm. though it's very easy, all you add is oil and water, the convenience factor of me doing it for you is no longer there. Mm-hmm. So there was a huge shift in who my new customer was going to be because my, my prior customer was the one who liked the convenience of me baking. Now I have to focus on a customer who doesn't mind baking for themselves, right? But you also have to look at the alignment of the time period because everyone has kind of retreated indoors because of COVID. So people are trying to find more things to do indoors. They're baking more than the banana bread craze that we went through. So the timing is also lining up in your favor here. It was. It was. So the fear that I had was resolved because it... um. That that's exactly what it was. More and more people were looking to bake at home. And mm-hmm. we were so blessed that we were featured on Tabitha Brown's. She used to do these um, Mondays, Very Good Mondays. That's what she called mm-hmm. it. And um, I had sent her a box of baked brownies and then also our our brownie mix. And she mm-hmm. she featured it and she loved it. She said very good, like four times. I counted. <laughs> but um, I was like, oh, she said it. Oh, she said it again. But um, so, you know, her her um, feature helped us so much, too. And then because of the George Floyd stuff um, with his murder and the tragedy in that, there were so many people that were looking for black businesses, like they mm-hmm. wanted to support black business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were very happy again to say, hey, we've been here, you yep. know, buy from us. Mm-hmm. And the, the great thing about the mixes was that I was able to now ship them everywhere. Whereas yeah. with the baked goods, the concern was always will there be damage mm-hmm. um, because I'm a stickler for the appearance. If the appearance was wrong, like even if there was a smudge of frosting, you know, that was mm-hmm. like off from the 
way I put it, I felt like that wasn't a good representation of what the pink bakery mm-hmm. is. You know, right. it can also be cost prohibitive because I know there there are people who've partnered with, um, I think it's called Good Belly. I want to say that they they sell like ice cream and those they'll be your shipping and packaging partner for that. But that comes at a cost too when you're first starting out. It does, and so we weren't able to afford anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, because we're allergen free. I'm, I have to be very mindful that when it leaves me, where is it going? If it's Mm. not going directly to you, then something, someone in that supply chain, someone in that, you know, in that space could touch it or could contaminate it. And then when you get it, you think it was us. Mm. So I have to be very careful about where I put it and who I align with and understand what their processes are for food and what happens to the packaging. Again, once they are in, once they receive it, what mm-hmm. happens to it? And because of that, it has really kind of shifted the way I think about how I want to move forward and who I want to mm-hmm. partner with and my distributors and, yeah. you know, where some of the opportunities are for us. They are not in some of these large scale places because I don't want to deal with the issue of cross-contamination. Mm-hmm. But what it has led to, and I don't, is it okay if it's just organically going to this place and I tell you about this now? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. What it has led to is a partnership with Marquette University that was just Mm. announced on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, And and the reason why we were able to move forward is when we were having our negotiation in our meetings and I told them that I've had a lot of people interested in the Pink Bakery and what it is. However, if they do not have a dedicated kitchen, I will not sell it to them Mm -hmm. because I will not put the customer or the the student in this case, in harm at all. I already know my mixes are safe, but if I take these beautiful safe mixes and put them in your kitchen that's contaminated, now my mixes are contaminated. Mm -hmm. Student, again, is going to think that they're safe because they see the pink apron, they, Mm -hmm. they see the name, they think it's safe, but then it's not because now it's contaminated by your kitchen. So again, it, it, eliminates a lot of potential business, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, it gives me and, and my partners, because they were saying to me that they they really appreciate that I feel that way, that mm-hmm. I'm not just trying to sell this anywhere. Right. Uh, I mean, of course, I would love to make a lot of money, right? Like, mm-hmm. of course, but not at the expense of anyone getting sick or any customer having to deal with, you know, having to to, to make the decision, do I want to take a chance today and eat a piece of cake that, you know, mm-hmm. I might get sick though. Like you, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to make those types of decisions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm only looking to partner with places that have dedicated kitchens and uh, facilities. And those will be the people that I work with. Okay. So how are you thinking about growth then, given that not only have you moved states for your business, but your brick and mortar facility fell through. You still need to hire people because, you know, you can't get to the next level with just you. So how are you looking at growth going forward? That's right. So we build a manufacturing facility, like, um, and it's a dedicated manufacturing facility. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, again, it, like I said, it's, it's free of all of the allergens. We have plans very, very, very soon to hire, um, four people. Um, two of them will be in production. 
Um, and the other ones will manage, one will manage the office and the other will be over like shipping and receiving. Mm -hmm. What I wanted to do was first go get the bag. Like I wanted to make sure I got the money first, you know what I mean? Before Mm -hmm. I hire people, because I didn't want it to be a situation where I'm paying them low wage job, like low Mm -hmm. wage. Like I refuse to have you come work with us and I'm paying you $10 an hour. I feel like everyone should have a livable wage. And should be able to live comfortably. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so if I could go and get the business first, and a lot is actually drumming up, you know, because I'm staying in my lane and I'm staying true Mm -hmm. to keeping my customers safe and my partners are hearing that, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't want to say weird. It's, it's amazing how that's happening. Um, and, and again, like I will not sell it. Like I have told people, no, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, Mm -hmm. um, they want it to be in places that I don't feel comfortable asking my customers who have allergies to go into that, you know, into that space. So mm-hmm. it's, um, and then there's the e-commerce space, you know, we, we have that, like we just shipped some brownies to, um, the number one international law firm here in the United States. They ordered some brownies from, from us for gifts mm-hmm. for, for their lawyers. So it's just finding different ways. You don't always have to go the same traditional routes of retail, you know, mm-hmm. and that was the thing for me, shifting from baking. I thought that was the way I was supposed to go. And I started reading and learning about it and the wholesale costs and the distributor costs and all these costs. And it's like, it's killing your margin. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the way I want to go. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go these other ways, you know, right. where we could we could retain that margin um, and build some good relationships with some companies that have um, a lot of brand equity. Um, and brand awareness and, you know, can help us if we partner with them, expose Mm -hmm. us to people that we would have never been able to reach on our own because we are small. And that's what I said in my interview um, at Marquette the other day. It's this partnership is between um, the Pink Bakery and Sodexo. Well, Sodexo is a is a large food manufacturer, you know, their reach is global. So being able to be on their rate, yeah, being on their radar and, you know, partnering with them, again, takes the pink bakery places that I myself would not have been able to take it. So Mm -hmm. I I said, I have no ego around saying what I know and what I don't know. And, but what I know how to do is go find people who do know how to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is that I'm looking to, to, to happen and have them help us, you know? Mm -hmm. So I love that you said, you know, what you don't know along the way, could you share where you went for support and knowledge and mentorship as you were building your business? Yes. I went to, um, anybody who within the communities I was living in would listen and help. So like in Memphis, for instance, well, I'll go, I'll back even further. I went to, like I said, I went to Tennessee state. So I was in Nashville Mm -hmm. and I was in what's called the business incubation center. And in that center, they um, made sure that they helped us learn about legal, finance, marketing, PR, um, right? Like these were monthly topics that we were um, exposed to. So Mm -hmm. so that was probably like the first time that I was exposed to those things. But I feel like as a business owner, it's important to continue that education because there's so much to learn that Mm -hmm. one, you know, two years in a program, like you're not coming out. Like I know everything, you know, and everything changes too. So, so that was the first one was the Tennessee. I mean, um, the small business, Lord, so many incubation center, but in Memphis, I got involved with the Tennessee, um, small business development center. 
um, and was asking again, my, my mentor at the time or my coach, um, you know, how do I, how do I do this banking stuff? I've never got a bank loan before. Like, how do I finance? Like, Mm -hmm. what does all this finance stuff mean? What does a balloon payment mean? Like, what Mm -hmm. is all this stuff? You know, because, you know, you have to be careful and not go into any type of deal desperate because you'll sign you'll sign up your life away and, and you don't need to do that. So you need to have people who are well-versed in contracts. And again, and being able to read um, what that bank is saying to you when it came to contracts, because again, you know, we were looking at um, all these properties that we were looking at and we had put in several offers. And so having a broker, you know, to be there to help you understand what the other side is saying. And um, so, so, okay. So Tennessee Small Business Development Center, um, I was involved in the Emerging Leaders, the SBA Emerging Leaders Program. So mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of knowledge from there. Um, here in Wisconsin, I found the Small Business Development Center again. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm involved with them here. And then um, also there's an organization called WIBIC, which helps women-owned businesses um, you know, support them with classes and mentors and finance. That's who mm-hmm. we got our loan from. Um, there's another organization called the Near West Side Partners who have just been incredible partners here. Um, so really like any and everybody that I could find that is focused on business, mm-hmm. um, specifically for minorities. Paid, were these no, paid programs? It was all and free. That's, that's amazing to highlight because we get caught up in the online space where everyone has a course or a coaching program or whatever the case may be. And sometimes it's cost prohibitive to someone who's new to business. So just knowing that your community has all these free resources that you can certainly take advantage of. Free. And the, here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people, like you just said, you feel like you have to just take this course because if I take her course in 30 days, I'm going to know everything there is to know about business, yeah. right? Yeah. No, you're not. You're going to be confused and overwhelmed because there's so much information, right? Um, because I, I did enroll in a class. I enrolled in a class that was that would supposedly get you retail ready, right? And as I was taking her course, it was well worth the price, but it was overwhelming because it was so much information and it was a whole nother world. And so I took that information and went and asked, again, all these free resources that are in the community, what does this stuff mean? How does this work? How do I do this? Do you have connections here? Do you have connections here? The great thing about like the um, Small Business Development Center, or like I said, Wibbick here or the Near West Side Partners, they know everybody in the city. Right. Mm. So they can connect you with whoever. And again, these are free relationships. Mm -hmm. So if I have to give you some brownies for you to help me, I'm baking some brownies. You know what I mean? So but I'm coming in giving. I'm Mm -hmm. coming in giving and I'm letting them know that, you know, I'm I'm willing to work hard. I just left the city, unfortunately, because of covid, but I'm still trying to keep going. You know, Mm -hmm. we've had to pivot. We've had to shift. But the desire to still help people is still there. So. But I would say to take advantage of every free, every free opportunity because they're there. And because COVID hit, there was this huge push for people to want to give black women money. And so I signed, I tried to sign up for everything I could. We didn't get it all, but we, you know, we were blessed to receive some, some grants. One of them was from Beyonce, you Mm. know, Um, the other one was from the James Beard Foundation. So um, you know, again, if, if you put yourself out there, I feel like things will come back 
you know, back to you. So I put myself out there as much as I can um, while still trying to, you know, maintain everything else too. So And you've certainly done a good job. I came across you by chance because you've put yourself out there and you've gotten some great coverage for the work that you're doing. So for anyone who would love to support your growth or has kids like I do who have allergies and want to order some of your brownies and other (laughs) baked goods or package or mixes rather, where can we we find you? You can find everything on the pinkbakery.com. So it's T-H-E. P-I-N-K-B-A-K-E-R-Y.com. And we send everything right to the house. If you just want to follow us on um, Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, um, our handles are the Pink Bakery DM. The DM stands for dessert mixes. Um, But you'll see the pink apron and that's how you know that it's us. So, well... Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I know it's going to inspire somebody who's thinking about doing something different. And, you know, the the lesson here is just take the plunge and figure it out, because clearly at the end there, there's a lot of, of good work that's going to show up there. Absolutely. I feel like it's like you sprinkle seeds into a garden. And I was telling my mom, I think my process is like the bonsai situation where you have to water it for 10 years and then it just shoots up, you know, but you don't see what's happening underground, all those roots that are becoming established. So yeah, definitely take the plunge. If you don't take the plunge, you'll get pushed in. Like, you know, it'll, it'll happen if you're supposed to do it. I feel like that's what happened to me. Cause I, again, like I was trying to avoid it, but, um, just go for it and just see, like at the end of the day, what's the worst thing that could happen? You grow so much, like you become Mm -hmm. a totally different person who can handle challenges. And, um, it's just incredible to see the capacity of all of us as people, um, and all the things that we can handle. So I'm very proud of where we, how far we've come and all the people that we've been able to touch. Same here. I'm so proud of what you've accomplished. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you so much. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you found this show helpful, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript. Or you can catch up on past episodes at she'soffscript.com. All right, with that, we'll see you right back here next Thursday for another episode.